Hey, this is episode 101 of the Collector's Quest podcast. In this episode, we are talking about the biggest craze since plug-and-play consoles have become a thing, which nobody cared about for years, except for like the Atari flashback. But whatever, now they're back. These little emulation boxes put out by Nintendo, Sony, SNK, Sega slash ad games, things like that. And they're the big crazy. We're going to talk about them. We're going to talk about game selection, emulation, quality controllers, why these things exist, if you should buy them. You know, you know, things that we usually talk about on the Collector's Quest podcast. One important thing to note is that Johnny multiple times mixes up ColecoVision with Commodore 64, and I thought I'd be able to edit it out so it wasn't obvious, but I think every single time we talk about the ColecoVision, except when we mention at games, we actually mean Commodore 64, and there's a new Commodore called, like, the C64. Totally different from the ColecoVision flashback. ColecoVision flashback, I'm gonna say, belongs in the old era of those plug-and-play consoles that nobody cared about at all. And the C64 is probably in, in this new era where cute little console amiibos are the cool thing to have. Don't forget, tell your friends about the Collector's Quest podcast. Or, if you don't have any friends, that's fine. Give us five stars on iTunes. If you give us four stars, we're going to call you out. But if you give us five stars, we're going to feel great about it. All right, I'm going to think of a song to go after what I'm saying right now, and let's go. to Collector's Quest, another episode of Collector's Quest, don't say the number. I'm Tyler, here with Johnny. So Tyler, Hi. you're almost like, you're almost learning, like how to do an intro after, how long have you been on the show? <laughs> I have almost to think a year? about it real hard every single time. I don't know why. Uh, well, you never really taught me, you're just like, I don't, I don't want to do the intro, Tyler, you do the intro, and then after, every, like, that just happened <laughs> for like four weeks in a row, and it's like, well, Tyler's the intro guy now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm allowed to have I'm allowed to have opinions. Johnny has lots of opinions over all the work that he makes you do. Why you have a podcast that has a hundred episodes? Yeah, (laughs) that's we didn't we didn't make a podcast because I didn't want to vocalize my opinion. Uh, Before we get into the show, I want to go ahead and throw a shout out to our sponsor. I am Eight Bit. Uh, If you were unaware, copies of Mega Man X and Mega Man Two, the 30th anniversary classic, are still available. That's uh, for the low, low price of $100. You can get them from im8bit.com. But Johnny, shipping is probably going to cost you another $13 or so. So if you don't want to deal with that, shout out to our other sponsor, Amazon Prime. With Amazon Prime, you could pay $100 to not pay shipping for the rest of the year. It's a good deal. You should do that. Neither of these people are actually our sponsors, but it is funny that uh, Mega Mans are still available. I just figured they needed help moving them, so we just kind of give them a little shout out, a little promo there. I want them to reach out now and be like, "Hey, thanks for the uh, <laughs> thanks for the promo, guys." <laughs> well, they could probably kick down a Mega Man because uh, they have so many. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just ca- ah, all right. Johnny, anyway, you're the so outsider I- here. Two thirds of the people on this show right now bought a Mega Man from I Am Eight Bit. I know, and 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 Stephen only one of them stupid- is correct. I'm correct about it. Stefan is just a vacuum for Steph- buying everything. <laughs> Stefan <laughs> Stefan also has a Street Fighter. You guys are gross. Listen to the podcast and take our own advice once in a while. Anyways, Tyler, what are we talking about today? Johnny, we're talking about the most collectible new trend of real video games, and that is mini consoles. Not clone consoles, not FPGA recreations, not things you could plug a cartridge into. Tiny little cute amiibos that you stick on your shelf that take up a damn HDMI port in your TV. So that's like the NES Classic, the Super Nintendo Classic, and the just-announced PS1 Classic? Like those? Whoa, news! Look at we're being topical here. What we're not? Classic yeah. we just announced. No, because by the time people listen to this, I after the second day, everyone was already tired of hearing about the PS One Classic, especially since it was uh, like they're like, hey, here it is, it's gonna be like a hundred bucks, and here's gonna have twenty games, and here's four we can tell you about right now because we're still working on licensing. Here you go. I think that's how it went. Also, Tyler, none of these are taking up HDMI ports on my TV because I will never plug them in. So there's that. That's that's true. Do we want to start there? Because Johnny, you're the only person I know that actually has these plugged into your TV. Because I know you play your SNES Classic. And you have hacked with I play my NES Classic too. Yeah. I, I have them both sitting there, but it's only one HDMI cable. I just switch it out for. For whenever I need to. That's just super that convenient. Right? Yep. It is. I, it's not. No. We have we have things hooked up to our TVs that can play these games. In fact, just about every console, every company putting one of these out has had a retro service where you can buy cheap retro games. But now they're just yeah. like, they're figuring out if we bundle these up and chop like 20% off the price of buying like 30 of these games at once, people will buy it again. It, it doesn't make any sense. No, because if, like, uh, for all the Nintendo games, if I got, like, 30 Nintendo games, they would all be, like, $8 from the Nintendo store. $5. So, I think the NES Classic is actually one of the better deals, because it's it's something like half price of buying them all on Virtual Console. And you get the NES controllers, which are a real important part of the experience. Going to the right. PlayStation Classic, though, the controllers are basically exactly the same, and all those games are, like, 6 or 10 bucks on PSN. So why do we need to buy 20 of them at once? Yeah. And there's no DualShock. Yeah. Okay, so let, let, let's go into the PS1 Classic. We're going to talk about other ones. I just want to let everyone know. It's not just going to be the PS1 Classic episode, because I know we're tired of hearing about We just want to kind of do an overview of where we are in the world of uh, in retro gaming, the, this invasion of these classics or mini systems that's going on right now. Uh, PS1 Classic. Okay, let's just start off whether you guys are hyped for it. Yes or no? I'm not hyped, but did I pre-order it? Yes. Okay, Tyler. Hyped? Pre-order? If you asked me before the money-wasting episode when I was really thinking about things, I would have been like, man, I really don't want this, and I would have bought it anyway. But now I'm thinking about saving money for things I actually want, so screw the PlayStation Mini, whatever. All right, I also did not pre-order and am not hyped, so... And I mean, I might pick it up. It might be one of those things I'm like, sure. But the fact that the PlayStation 3 can pretty much play all the PlayStation games and I have, like, it's not that hard. And it's already plugged into an HDMI port, right? This is my issue with 
with playing a NES or a, you know a Super Nintendo or anything, it's kind of hard to plug it into a modern TV. It's a pain in the ass, right? But with a PlayStation, I have a device already plugged in that will play these things. So it's not that difficult. Johnny, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3 plays discs, plays PSN, and has HDMI. It's perfect, and it costs like 40 bucks for a PS3. PlayStation 4, PSTV, PSP, PlayStation Vita, and now this. This is like the eighth reasonable thing that you probably have in your house that will play PlayStation 1 games. Right. Uh, and I have the old PlayStation Fat, so it also plays PlayStation 2 games. So that's kind of why I keep that thing around. Yeah, I just... It seems uh, a little a little extra to me. I, I don't know why the four games they've got announced don't really have me hyped. Uh, Wild Arms was kind of like a... Wild Arms? Are people still really excited for Wild Arms? Is there a big Wild Arms fan base I forgot about? Was this a thing we got like... Oh man, Wild Arms. Even like Jumping Flash, that's kind of a cool addition. Yeah, that that's like cool. Game. So but you would think on on that, right? I expected to see a Tomb Raider, a Resident Evil, and oh, a yeah. Final Fantasy out of the gate, right? I expected them to be like, listen guys, we're doing a PlayStation classic. Remember remember Crash Bandicoot? Remember Laura Croft? I mean, for a hundred dollars, they have to get those games, all right. Right, and that's that's the thing. But the, what they showed us, I was like, okay, I guess, right? It wasn't that exciting. Again, the PlayStation thing with the control, I don't understand it because NES is cool because you get the controllers. PlayStation is like, all right, whatever. We we have DualShock still, basically. But okay, we get the DualShock, the PlayStation One controller, whatever it was called, the controller. So that's something that you can't really. 100% get on a PS3 or PS4, even if it's basically the exact same thing. But the controllers are really the coolest part of this to me. Every third-party controller categorically sucks. Like, three Hori controllers out of everything else that's ever been made are okay. But having first parties make it again and make them at, like, 100% quality instead of 90% quality, like, even the best third-party stuff, that's the one cool thing about all these things. Is It's really going to have to come down to... It, they're going to have a difficulty with keeping this marketable to the lowest common denominator and showing a value add at the same time. Because for PlayStation 1, all of the games that you want to play are really cheap. I mean, with I'm sure there's exceptions. But but the thing with the NES and SNES, you, you look at those games and go, okay, retro games you know, on cart are, are pretty expensive, so I can see the value add here. But even if you did go and buy all those PS1 games... Um, on their uh, like actual original f uh, disc format, like you're still, m you might not be spending your hundred dollars. So I just don't, I don't know that they're going to be able to have all of the like games that people want to play and be able to say like, hey, look, this is a good value. Well, I mean, look, um, for twenty games, you're definitely going to pay more than a hundred dollars, and they're going to get some good titles in there. Some of them are going to be expensive. That I don't think that is all the issue, but here's the thing. On those consoles and of that selection of games, there's always a bunch that you don't actually care about, so the five that you want probably will only cost you that $100, right? And you could then just play that with a better controller, you know, as they've updated the DualShock. Like, the original PlayStation controller is not, like, a revelation to me. It was just an okay controller that they've continually 
uh, improved and then simultaneously made worse as time has gone on. They have not continually improved it. What are you talking about? No, I said continually improved and simultaneously made worse. Like, I think some of the plastic, some some of the stuff they improved and then made worse. Like, I think the PS4 is, uh, it's got a good controller except for the giant worthless touchpad in the middle of it, which could be anything else. The PlayStation 3 was, I think, the low point, but the PlayStation 2 was a, a good version once they added, like, the DualShock and the Rumble feature, and it was good. The DualShock pisses me off, because in PlayStation PlayStation 1, they had the controller, then they, they added DualShock, which was basically like, all right, we, we're just going to tack on these analog sticks here, because that's the only place on the controller we got room for it, and they just kept that design. They're like, all right, well... The analogs down here aren't the best. Some people will fight me on that, but whatever. They're not. They're ergonomically, it, it's not where your thumbs rest when you hold a controller. And they're just like, yeah, we're just going to roll with it because now it's too iconic to change it to something better. Like Nintendo's yeah. the Nintendo Switch controller, it's basically an Xbox 360 controller, which is basically an Xbox controller, which is the most comfortable format in my opinion. But they're just like, no, we're just going to keep them down here. They look tacked on still. I, I agree with you about the superiority of the thumb placement on like Xbox controllers. I know there's a diehard segment that are like, no, this is the way it's supposed to be. But I think that's that's training and not actual like, I mean, it's like t- now to them, I don't, I'm not disputing whether that's a real phenomenon. Yeah, to them now, that's like, this is where they go. I've been trained this way. This is always going to be my preference. I'm not trying to change anyone's mind on that. But I personally, when you're coming from multiple controllers all the time. When I pick up the Xbox controller, it always feels very natural. Also, just a, a quick correction. I guess they did announce that they're getting Final Fantasy VII. So, hooray. Oh, Loading man. times forever. No one no one has a way to play that. And the remake's coming out sometime, right? Right. It's not on every PlayStation service ever imaginable. So, I wonder if, like, in the spirit of retro, they're going to keep the horrendous loading times. Well, it's going to be emulation, so it won't actually have to read off a disc. I know, that's... I mean... I, I know, that's... I'm it's, As a joke, was I wonder a jo- if that was, programming... You, you said yeah, it so that's, straight! How is this yeah, supposed to no, tell that's, it was a joke? Because no one wants loading times. That's part of the... Oh Stefan knew it was a I joke. mean, you'll, you'll probably still get horrendous frame rates, though, just like anything with, um, you know, the, the current minis. Like, the SNES still has... You know, Star Fox still runs at a really horrendous frame rate and you get slowdowns in those games in those roms where you're supposed to still yeah maybe you won't get the load times but i don't see there being a huge performance difference in those games either so i think we've we've kind of talked the uh this system out guys anything else you want to say about it any games you want to speculate or you think it needs to have I mean, it's all so obvious. It's all the, the Tomb Raiders and Crashes and Spyros and all that stuff. Like, the stuff that's actually getting re-released already because those are the games that people remember and still want to play. Even for a system that people don't actually want to play, they just like the idea of going back and revisiting these games. Those are the games they want to see on the box are, are all the ones they remember. Like, and they're not going to go back and get, like, Trap Gunner. <laughs> Why not? Because no one Trap remembers Gunner. Trap Gunner. Trap Gunner is good. Anyways, moving on. Performance might be uh, a factor when they're choosing these games too, though. Like you might not see a, a lot of games that you would expect to see, or see some you didn't expect to see, based off of the hardware on this thing. Because we still don't know anything about the hardware specs on this. We presume that it's more, you know, will be the most powerful clone console to date. Uh, we presume that there's going to be a, a ton of memory, which actually may may make this a 
a decent, you know, if you can mod this console, it might end up being one of the a, a favorable mini for, for modding. So I think a lot of the, the game selection is also going to come down to performance because if, you know, something runs like garbage, that could be the, the death knell for this thing too. I think the PS1 performance has been really good for a long time. Like the PSP ran just about every single game perfectly. Even if you just like hacked it to run whatever and didn't just run it off PSN. Well, sure, but this they're they're gonna really they're they're obviously not putting a PSP in this thing, right? Like they're they're gonna go for you know lowest bidder for hardware manufacturing, most likely. So I'm curious to see what what they do with the hardware because that will be one of the things. If you if you sell me that this is like if we have like a new hardware war and mini systems, which would be hilarious, <laughs> and they make it and they make it like kind of strong or stronger than the super nintendo classic and i can like if, if that's a better mod box then uh maybe i'll look at it but it's not gonna have the super nintendo controller port and unless i can attach a bluetooth controller to it i'm not gonna care what? um new controller so, yeah. modding the console what's the point of buying the console in the first place like there, i uh, see people saying this like oh i'll buy it once i can mod it it's like you buy a 30 dollar raspberry pi buy any other computer what are you doing be, look, that's not that's not why people do it. They want to play it on the on Think Tyler, as you know, because it's cute. They want to play it on that thing. People love to mod stuff, and anytime anyone brings up a Raspberry Pi, when in talking to a you know a crowd that's interested in one of the mini consoles, you just see a bunch of eye rolls because those people don't get it. That's not part of the experience. Just not right. All right. Anyways, uh, let's let's move on. Let's talk about some of these other gross classic systems that are coming out guys oh they're all bad johnny that that's uh, our that's your opinion they're all gross they're all gross uh actually they're not all gross for the same reason though i know stefan uh, has pre-ordered the neo geo mini i sure did so that's exciting hell i, I pre-ordered it on a on a like a backdoor japanese link so uh like i even before the listing was up i had my pre-order i was i was hyped for that thing i you know, the selection of the 40 games is kind of impressive, right? Are we at least impressed with the game selection here? Yeah. Uh, pretty sure it doesn't have wind jammers, right? Just going to throw that out there. I mean, still, 40 games, 40 Neo Geo games is for, what is it, 100 bucks or 130 or something for this thing? I think it's a pretty impressive, you know, value. I, I'm not into the LCD screen on the front of it. It, you know, I, I get that they're trying to make it kind of pseudo look like an arcade cabinet but as we talked about before the the show tower i'm used to a red neo geo cabinet if they would have made it look like that maybe i'd be more interested but this thing i just i don't i don't care for the look and i don't know why the lcd screen was important but what is your opinion on that i don't know who is like who's playing this like hunched over on their desk playing like king of fighters 2001 like a serious fighting game who's playing that with these little tiny joystick controls like if it has well, like some kind the of joystick demo mode. that yeah the joystick in front of the screen that's yeah. real helpful. It looks like like people make these meme cabinets and they they just kind of build it before they plan it and they put the screen way too low so you have to like hunch over if you're actually going to play it and that's just what this thing looks like to me. Yeah, the design here is awful. I mean, if it has like a demo mode where it cycles through games, you just keep it on as a TV on the shelf, fine. But if that was the case, I'd want it to be a big red cabinet because those are the cabinets I remember playing. I don't know. I mean, if you, I'm not a huge Neo Geo fan, so this thing was never going to really blow me away. And there's like what? There's like a dozen King of Fighters games. I don't really understand the King of Fighters franchise. Do you, do you need to have all these games? I thought there's like two good ones, and then 
you can kind of ignore all the other ones, but maybe it's like Street Fighter and people are really particular about having their version of King of Fighters. Yeah, I do think it was a misstep that they decided to make the red and white candy cab look be a Japanese exclusive thing. Because I think even all the American gamers still played on those those red and white uh, machines, and then to uh, you know suddenly be like, oh, where you know where's where's the look that I want? And they're like, oh, it's just I can have it. I just have to spend another hundred dollars to import the damn thing. Is a little ridiculous. The what it looks like now, the white thing. Was there anything in America that looked like that? I don't know. It looks like the ugly candy cabs that you see in like in that before like retro arcades were like really a thing you'd see like these people trying to do like modern arcades and they're full of like the japanese sit down candy cabs that's what it looks like to me i guess that's what they're going for yeah i don't love it yeah i like the selection of games i hate the way it looks i don't understand why it's got that lcd screen i would rather have saved money on the system by them not including an lcd screen i'm sure that thing cost they would have saved money on all the people that wouldn't buy it then yep I mean, people, they already had the Neo Geo X or whatever, and I'm sure that didn't do great. But now that it's a cute little arcade cabinet in the age of cute little things, I think it's probably going to do pretty good. The only thing the Neo Geo X ever did was confuse people on eBay when they were trying to buy an AES Gold. (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually still confused by that. I'm like, what's the difference between the gold and this thing? When I was looking on eBay, I'm like, what What are these two things? I don't know what they are. And the packaging is so, so similar. So the gold actually had emulation problems, right? The emulation was pretty bad on that, I think. Yeah. Uh, so do we know that the emulation is actually good on this one? I mean, no. We don't know it. Great. <laughs> I mean, people have played them. I've, I've seen people play them. But all right. If we don't know, none of us know. So yeah. actually, going back to the Neo Geo Gold, uh, whatever, Neo Geo X, the one thing I like about it that I wish these other consoles would do, but I think they would never do because of maybe how much that bombed or how much against the all-in-one package it is. It sold cartridges that had just like, here's like six games on a cartridge or something, or like 10 games, however many games you got on a cartridge. Like, imagine if you could upgrade your NES Mini with a little cartridge that gave you 10 more games. I think that would be super cool. Yeah, I I think that would be cool too, but... I mean, also super dumb, because you could, again, just buy the actual games you want on Virtual Console or literally anywhere in the world, but it would be so cute. It would be cute enough that I would be 100% back on board with these tiny consoles. They would feel like real consoles then. Do you know what my preference would be, honestly, is if they just did a better job and um, for whatever the current console was, if they just made a nice controller, right? Like, um, you know, a new version of the NES controller, packaged it in a box, like with the Switch cartridge that had all those games on it and called it the NES Classic Edition. So I was I, I was thinking I that with the PlayStation, I'm like, why isn't this just a PS4 disc that they included the DualShocks with? They could still sell it in a big box for $100. And I'm like, no, it's it's the Amiibo that's selling it. That's the reason people are right. excited. That's the reason people oh, are absolutely. wondering if this will sell out. Absolutely. And it's 100% the, the Amiibo factor uh, of the PlayStation Classic because it's not the game selection because you can get those anywhere as we've discussed and i think that's the same for all of these which is why i think we just said that the neo geo is a weird miss like what why didn't you make it look like a neo geo cab then or a neo geo like what you you, you didn't do either of these things what the hell happened here no oh, people still like it doesn't it wait it doesn't even have like the neo geo button layout that frustrated no. me too it's like yeah. a, a square <laughs> It, it's super generic and ugly. I, I don't know what they were thinking. And I, 
I hope it fails as another lesson to them. Oh, it's a good thing none of us spent our money on that. Oh, what? Whoops, Stefan did. Yeah, it's a good thing. Let's let's talk about the ColecoVision Mini, because that is a system that nailed its original look, for good or ill. I know nothing about the ColecoVision Flashback. Uh, if, they, if they remade ColecoVision controllers that work on original ColecoVisions, that's super cool, though. It looks like the ColecoVision. It is from At Games, so probably not super cool. So, yeah, let's talk about At Games, too, <laughs> after this. Um, yeah, it looks like a Commodore 64. You guys... You just moved over from the ColecoVision to the Commodore? Yeah. Okay. Commodore 64, it looks great. It's got a bunch of games on it. If you care about the Commodore 64... Uh, what I don't understand is what the controller looks like, or is it that, like, weird red controller? Is that a... I think that's a separate system, right? What? No, that controller... That's a pretty popular controller for the Commodore. Oh, Sli- is it? Slick Stick, I, maybe? I forgot what it's called. Yeah. Oh, okay. It, so It's pretty similar. Okay, so they they did... They got that part right. Cool. So, yeah. They did it. Uh, if you care about the Commodore 64, it's got the Amiibo Factor for you, and it's got a bunch of games, and um, it's got a controller that is vaguely like the original, so... But it's made by Akim, so it's probably terrible. And you don't hear anyone talking about the computer ones. No one's going like, oh man, are you ready for the ZX Spectrum Vega or the C64? Because I think, first of all, I, I think people are less excited about vintage computers in general. But the people that are still vintage computer nerds probably still have vintage computers and are still using them. Because vintage computer people are a lot weirder than console people. They want to get like into it. They don't want to just play the games. Yeah, and I think with the SNES and NES, like the 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 core consoles that are that are doing this, you there's there's a delta. But there, there's an audience that just collects or collects and plays, and then there's the audience that plays. Where to your point, Tyler, I think like ninety nine percent of the people who play Commodore sixty four also collect for it, and because you you know the, it's 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 way more difficult to. Um, to seek this stuff out and and there's not you know as it, the emulation for c64 isn't as uh user-friendly as i think you know an nes or snes would be so i think yeah generally the people who are who want the c64 mini or who would be interested in it already have a c64 sitting on their desk yeah, and they might not yeah. collect for it. So the thing about the vintage computers is a lot of people, they like having the vintage hardware and they'll just throw like 4,000 games on an SD card because, I mean, first of all, there's no real full set of Commodore games to collect because there's just infinite number of Commodore games. But also, even as a kid, I remember every single Commodore game I played was off a pirated uh, floppy disk that had like six games on it. I, I don't think I played a single legit game in my life on an old computer like that. I, I mean, back to um, some of the other points. Uh, nostalgia is a factor for how these things sell and the Nintendo and Super Nintendo and PlayStation sold just ludicrous amounts of consoles. So they've got people's nostalgia tapped. So when people saw a NES classic, people who haven't picked up a Nintendo controller since they picked up a Nintendo controller, like, Oh my God, that's amazing. Right. There's just not that many people who are going to have that reaction over a ColecoVision mini just not happening. There might be a few, but it's definitely nowhere in the numbers to push sales like it would happen for a PlayStation, Super Nintendo, or the NES, or a Genesis, even. You know, that point actually it also resonates for me, for because I, I was thinking about this for the PS1. There's no value in the PS1 hardware either, like there is with the NES or SNES, which I wonder will be a factor. You know, it's, you know, thrift stores have buckets of, 
of PlayStation controllers. It's not like it's not like when you find a Super Nintendo controller in the wild, you pick it up because you know there's there's a value proposition there, but there there really isn't isn't that for the PS One. So I'm I'm curious to see how much the value of the hardware or or lack thereof will also influence the sales for for the PS One. I mean, I think that's true. Also, but I mean, I do think people are going to be like, "Oh man, I haven't played PlayStation forever." Those people who just left video games that will help PlayStation sales, where that's just not really going to be a thing for all these other minis. Um, anyways, let's let's talk about um, the the elephant in the room. Where is that Genesis mini? What happened there? Anyone know? We all kind of know, but none of us are sure. <laughs> I mean, we know, the, uh, right. we know it got pushed out, but I don't know that anyone has a definitive reason why. I, I mean, I, I would allege that they wanted to, A, space themselves out from the PlayStation, and B, make sure their quality is actually good, because I think these new consoles have now set this quality bar so that I don't think Sega is going to be able to get away with just pushing out, you know, at games garbage anymore uh, and still make sales, because people are actually becoming a little bit more savvy and having a higher tolerance level for for uh, for quality on these mini systems. So I think they just got scared and are probably doing revisions to their hardware uh, in, in in a reaction. I did read that they are they are making some revisions to the look and to some of the hardware. Um, I don't know if it's still being made by at games that Tyler brought up an interesting point before we started that the tweet that it was being made by at games has since been removed. So maybe Genesis or Genesis Sega pulled it in house and said, we're doing this ourselves because there, there have been mini systems or clone Genesis, like prepackaged systems for a long time. This is not a new phenomenon, right? How bad was the last flashback one that came out? There's been, there have been so many Genesis you can't even count them. Yeah, we we like yeah, we don't know. Lot. We just know that they've kind of never improved. You know, based on like looking at people on YouTube and stuff. But you know, you listen to like the sound of you, you bring up a sound comparison on an at games console. It's like, oh wow, every game sounds really messed up. Weren't they also putting games on them that weren't actually Genesis games, like like in house at games ROMs? Like a lot of them. Like yeah. 40 out of 80 games, I think 40 were like weird homebrew games. I actually think that's the coolest part of it. It's new Genesis homebrew. It's garbage, I'm sure. But it's like, oh, wow, 40 freaking new games. Yeah, like they should release a cartridge, right? Uh, that you can play on the on the that you can play. I I would, too. It that's would literally the be thing. the new Action 52. It would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The at games 40. Anyways, I, I think that they are kind of trying to pull that back a little bit. So I, I'm hoping they do a good job and they make it look like a Genesis because the original thing have like big red buttons in the middle. I was like, guys, we all know what a Genesis looks like. In fact, if you're unsure, go buy that uh, Sonic Mania Classic or the uh, the special edition with Sonic standing on a Genesis. And just because those didn't sell very well, just take all of those, just remove Sonic from the top of it and put your hardware in those shells. All right, just do that. Because that, like, they made it look like a Genesis, like, kind of like in between a 2 and a 3, which I don't like. No one, just make it look like the original Genesis 1 with the TMS on it or without either one. Just make it look like that console and uh, then people will have, then you'll have your Amiibo factor and people will want it. Same thing with Atari Box. Stop making their new futuristic 2600 Atari Box people. Just just make a little 2600. Not that anyone wants that for $300. I'm just pointing that one out, too. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I, I liked like the original ones that came out, or like some of the not originals, le- some of the later ones that came out that were just the Atari controller. You're like, oh, it's got like ten games, and I'll just plug it in. Cool. Atari's gross. Shut up, Johnny. I don't know that Atari could jump into this market, like seriously jump into this market if they wanted to, because they completely oversaturated their market with their existing uh, at games stuff. So I don't, I don't. It would be really difficult for them to carve out market share, and you know, pe- for the consumer to be able to tell the difference between <laughs> between the uh, a new uh, revision and the previous eight or nine or whatever they're up to. Oh well, I I think they could. I, I think now is a time like like in you know, in the next year, two years is a time when you can kind of get into this market and you're getting a free pass because it's like, oh, these are new things again. I think the even though the idea of these prepackaged consoles when the NES Mini came out was not a new idea, I think it's kind of made it new again and, and you, you kind of get a free pass to try again. Um, but they also, there's still some of these things on the shelves. I think they need to clear the shelves, make sure no one sees it for a year and then then do one that looks exactly like, you know, the the old wood panel Atari give it the real amiibo feel and and then uh, maybe they can then maybe they can uh, get in there but I'm still not buying that either because who cares I mean I think a flash I think a flashback eight or nine has come out since the NES Classic and everyone's like okay another one of these it's the same thing when so Sega I remember maybe Sega maybe some marketing company they tried to position the new at games console as like it's finally here the Sega mini console. And everyone's just like, oh, another one? There's like nine of them on the market already. Who cares? So that's why. Yeah, that, that <laughs> system was really, that was a strange choice by them. Also, like what I liked about now that they're on like Revision 9, we're starting to get some really weird games in there. Like, you're like that's an interesting choice to put in there. Um, that was unexpected. But I, I think with these ones, you don't need to be in the realm of unexpected. I think you need to be in the oh, realm yeah, of yeah. Totally everything needs expected. to be sonic's ultimate genesis collection but and right that, and well, you have to have a reason thing. on top of it for me to not just spend ten dollars on sonic's ultimate genesis collection or, or the new genesis collection that just came out for the modern consoles which is also an amazing collection we we did a whole talk about that how amazing those collections are and like unless you really want to play on a sega controller i just who cares it's going to be hard for Sega. I know they're going to put this Genesis out, but I, I'm worried for them. And then, guys, the Nintendo 64 Mini, when? When does that happen? When they can figure out how to make the controllers as good as they used to be. When when they can find 20 good games on the N64? Ooh, they're, I don't think they're going to You don't think it's going to be the N64 with 64 great games? What, they'll... Uh, yeah, no. w- where would those come from, Johnny? <laughs> well, actually, they had this little adapter that you could put into an N64, and it would play your Game Boy games. So if they took 50 games from that, then fill the rest up with N64 games. I don't even know. Are there? Could you even finish the 14 with just Nintendo? Because I feel like so much of N64 was Rareware, and I don't know how many of those they can actually get. I mean, there are at least 20 good games on the N64, and I'm not yeah, a staunch N64 defender, but yeah... I'm sure you could get that, right? Maybe. I mean, I, I, but I'm saying in a value proposition way, would they want to give you that much? Because these still are... They still see the value of an N64 game as being at least $10 when they sell them digitally. So if they're bundling $200 worth of games onto a thing they're going to sell for like 75 bucks, that seems more generous than I would expect Nintendo to be. Yeah, well, I, I guess it comes down to whether or not those things actually sell right do they actually sell on the 
on the virtual console or is it time where they can let that go? Because, I mean, Mario sells every time that they put it on. Same issue, right? Zelda will sell every time you put it on a virtual console. Just ask me because I buy them every single time like a dummy. Well, that's what I'm saying. They don't want to put this out and then devalue N64 games to the point where people just think like, oh, you can, there's 20 of them on a console for 50 bucks now used. I could just go get that. Because that is my mindset when it comes to Sega Genesis games. Well, that's what I'm saying. But that's what they did with, like, the NES Classic and the Super Nintendo Classic. Those were still selling all the time. They did. You're right. Those were those were half price, more or less, I think. Yeah. All right. I still think they're not going to... How much... How many NES games are there? 30? Yeah, I think 30 and then, like, 20 Super Nintendo games or whatever. Okay, so that's in, like, the $150 range of their virtual pricing for both of those. Yeah. Okay, well, that, you're asking for two hundred dollars in sixty four games. Maybe Stephen, you got any thoughts on that? I was just sitting here thinking, wondering if, like, especially with the Sega uh, system, since they are so prone to put out collections on consoles, do you think that this will would see an end to to collection like retro collections on disc? Like, do you think we're just all gonna are we in this new era of of just putting out mini consoles because they sell better no i don't think so because i i don't think the markets are there's overlap but i don't think they're the same market because like the people who bought the nest classic there there's so many new people who bought that that didn't even own a switch that i don't think that's a, a worry for them and i think that's why they were willing to take away market share from their virtual console because they realized there was a bigger market that would buy it based off nostalgia yeah, and we we still got like this that Street Fighter collection that came out in the, the that Sega thing that just came out. Like those will never stop being a thing. Those have been budget games forever. They're like, yeah, we could take these things that already exist. We could throw them together, sell them for thirty bucks. Let's do it. That sounds like a great idea. Free money. Yeah, and also you're gonna have publishers that will just do it for themselves, like Capcom. They're you know they're gonna put out a Capcom collection because hey, uh, we don't have a mini console to put out, so. I don't think that'll happen. Do you guys want to buy all the Mega Man games again? Guess what? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. Get you want get those Mega Man Legacy collections. I still need to pick mine up on the Switch. I'm gonna pick them up. I just haven't yet. All right, guys. Uh, what what we're talking about N64 still? So I, I'm looking at the games, and you could definitely get Super Mario 64, Zelda, Mario Kart, Donkey Kong, Majora's Mask. I, I don't think you're going to okay, get Okay, I don't like, know anything about licensing. Industry veteran Stefan Reese, could they just get Donkey Kong? Because I don't know. Uh, I mean, it would. I don't know what their existing license... It would basically... Deter, it would be determined by what they already have a contract for. Because do I think they would go and try to, like, recontract with Rare? Probably not. But if, it, if there was an outstanding... Because um, a lot of times when when you do work for hire, if this was a work for hire situation, then whatever Rare made, Nintendo owns by virtue of them being work for hire. So if Nintendo owns it outright, then there then there is no licensing issue. Um, so it just depends on what their, their current contract looked like. All right. And I think that's probably the case for Donkey Kong, but we know that's definitely not the case for GoldenEye. So you're never going to oh, see... Yeah. I'm not never going to see Goldeneye, but... You're never going to see Goldeneye. Are you kidding me? Like, likenesses of people and all that crap? Uh, it, that, it, it, looks like a it looks like a nightmare trying to get that. So I don't think you're going to get Conkers. Your Banjo-Kazooie is going to be hard to get. But, like, things I know you could get... Like, I don't know about Diddy Kong Racing, but 
I, I think maybe you, that one's still on the table. You're going to get Paper Mario, Wave Race, maybe F-Zero. You're going to get some of the Mario parties, Yoshi Story. So we've already, that's already like a fair list of games that you can that you can get, right? They're going to get Harvest Moon, maybe. They're going to get the, the Bomberman games and probably Ogre Battle 64, because Square Enix has had a lot on uh, on these consoles. Yeah. It's so they they would basically pull from Virtual Console. A lot of people put out these wish lists of like impossible rare games and and you know they're obscure crap no one's ever played. But basically, the NES Classic and SNES Classic have been the best selection of what they've put out on Virtual Console. They, they haven't put a ton of new stuff onto there. I, I you know what I think the the coup for them too would be like putting Sin and Punishment on there. Like oh yeah, that would be jabbing. the big yeah, well, that, splash on the box. Yeah, right? that'd be cool. Right. Yep. And. Uh, that might push me towards. I mean, I'd probably buy that one because it's Nintendo. It says Let's face Nintendo it. on the box. Jeez, I know, I know. Sin and Punishment would be like their Star Fox Two, right? Like the like. Oh, yeah. we never got this, even though it's you know kind of readily available. Yep. So Johnny, right now on the Wii U, there are tw- there are twenty one and sixty four games available. So they would have to just put all of them into the virtual co- into their mini console. <laughs> yeah. See, like the thing I'm wondering is, could they get any of the Star Wars games on there? Like, because we've yet to see a Star Wars game come through on any of these. Does that seem like a Nintendo my... thing to do? Go above and beyond no. to license an exciting game for people? No, I and it would just be, and it's just strictly for me because I like Shadows of the Empire was a big a big selling point. And then like the Rose Squadron games, I know were big for people on that console. But instead, we'll probably get 1080. Yeah, you would definitely get 1080. The one thing I'd want out of an N64 classic is the new controllers, because, you know, N64 controllers, even the first party ones are kind of garbage now. You have to really hunt for a good N64 controller. And the game I want to play is basically GoldenEye, because I'm the only one here who really likes GoldenEye. Maybe Perfect Dark, that's good too. And it would be nice to have this little thing I could tote around with four great controllers to my friends' houses that just has GoldenEye on it. So if I could hack it to play GoldenEye, that's fine too. But I just want those new controllers. Can you imagine how well that would sell if they were able to get GoldenEye on there and then also sell new N64 controllers to go with it? That would, you know. Oh, you don't think they'd bundle four in it? <laughs> no, no. I think you might get two. Okay, um, yeah, you're right. Uh, but then sell like two and sell like separate colors, like go back and sell some of the, um, the fantastic colors as like additionals. I, I think people would lose their mind for that. I think it would make money hand over fist. It sounds like too good it, of an idea. So Nintendo would probably just never do it. Goldeneye in particular, you could almost just put out a machine that played Goldeneye and maybe perfect dark and sell it with four controllers. And it would just be like, Hey, look, you can play Goldeneye. Well, yeah, but then you you tack on a Mario and like Smash sure. Bros. Like that's that's the thing. It was it was a party console. You get your Paper Mario's on that. You force your marketing at like that, and that's very Nintendo, right? The in home, let's play together. Uh, you know, we play that that whole idea. It's very Nintendo esque, and like market that as the N- Nintendo sixty four mini. People would love that. I would love that. I would be excited for that, and I. I don't know why. I don't even like the N64 that much, but I did spend a lot of time playing some of the games on it, so you might drag me back in. I, I would sit down and play Goldeneye with you, Tyler, yeah. and, and get destroyed, but yeah. Because I'm, I'm the guy who just throws remote mines everywhere, then goes back up into the vent and facility, and you're like, come down. I'm like, no, come get me. 
And then you are you are the guy who memorizes spawn points and sits there. And you're like, oh all come right. on! Like you didn't play in a. Oh, well, I guess you didn't. But yeah, everyone knows all the spawn points. Are you kidding me? I don't. You don't I spawn don't next to other players too, Johnny. Come on. Have you played enough Goldeneye? I, I have beat the main campaign several times. That was the thing. I didn't ever play with that many people. I played sometimes, and everyone was always so much better for me. It was never any fun. There was no learning to be had. Because by the time I started playing Goldeneye with people, people were already very good at Goldeneye. So there was no like, oh, I can catch up. There's a curve. No, it you was You feel uh, like how I feel uh, about uh, Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, I was just like, well, there's there's no coming back from this. I there's nothing I can do here. But I, I played the main campaign quite a bit. Liked it a lot. Anyways, um I mean we did see a new Goldeneye game on the uh, on the Wii, right? We, they made, that uh, wasn't Goldeneye. with Pierce Brosnan, and that was like a whole new no. so weird thing. Right? Yeah, so Goldeneye Rogue Agent was cross-platform uh, for PS2 and Xbox, and it was that generation. And I know, because yep. I was a QA lead on that game. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so the, the issue with Goldeneye uh, 2 was two, twofold. Uh, it was uh, you were supposed to play a villain, and uh, the license holder wouldn't let us do anything villainous, so that kind of fell flat. But then also, they forgot that Goldeneye, in, in a, from a, like a modern FPS standpoint, is, is a little archaic. So when you make a modern FPS in which you cannot jump, um, that uh, that falls flat too. So uh, so yeah, there was there was definitely a Goldeneye game, a, a Goldeneye sequel. Uh, it did, did did not do well. I had a hand in that, so I apologize. I have a gold controller from that game, bundled in a giant box. Oh, from the Goldeneye game? Yeah. I'm yep. sorry. Nope. I, Johnny, I, all this I all this it. talk about Goldeneye has me excited for an N64 classic that's never going to happen now. Because I'm thinking, I like, know. wow, I, w- I would actually open that instead of just buying it and putting it on my shelf. Well, maybe someone will hear it and they'll... You know, like, I don't think they'll be able to get through the licensing garbage. I think it would be a coup if they could. Someone but. will hear it. Someone will hear that demand for Goldeneye. Yeah. Do, do people want Goldeneye? Yeah. No, pe- people already know. Um, no, I, I think Perfect Dark is more likely a get than Goldeneye, right, in the world of possibilities. Because, like you said, the likeness issue is is a big thing all in and of itself. Yep. And EA doesn't even own that license either. Like they don't, they wouldn't have. You wouldn't. You'd have to license the game from EA, and then you'd have to license Bond from the license holder, whoever it is now. Um, and so that would be that would be a huge pain in the ass. I'm just saying, if they could do it, I would pay. I would charge me ten extra dollars to cover those fees, and I would easy done. Three hundred dollars. I'm in. Give me the N64 Party Console, $300. That's my price. Just $100. $100. $99 for the N64. Do it. This is the most positive we've ever been on N64 on this show. And we're talking about a product that doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> and and that's why. Also, it'd be easy to play. HDMI port, right? It worth the HDMI port, Tyler? Uh, it is to temporarily hook it up for friends it's definitely not not, none of these are worth an hdmi port to keep permanently hooked up that's crazy if like if there's anything you want to keep permanently yeah well i mean the nintendo ones have really good games i guess like you could you could theoretically hook up an nes or snes classic and just be like this is all i'm gonna play this year because there's so many great games on this so well that that's why i have the one cable that i just toggled between all of them all right all right maybe that maybe they're worth an hdmi port don't hook up multiples I guess you'd almost be guaranteed that I mean the the percentage of 
amazing games on the N64 Mini would be probably higher than anything than any other console because they would be literally taking, as Tyler pointed out, basically every good game on that system. So it wouldn't be like the NES and SNES where you were, you know, clearly leaving games that you love behind. No, you'd, you'd be getting every game you cared about. Is there well, that's is not there any bad game on the SNES Classic? Yeah, I don't. That's what I was gonna say. I you don't have all the good games from those systems because you would need to have opened up the Super Nintendo to like a hundred or fifty slots at least. But with the N sixty four, you wouldn't have that feeling of I'm missing something. Is what I think he's getting at. Your fan base would be like the the consist the the love would be more consistent. I think because you know with the the NES and SNES, you did see people be like, oh well, I'm not interested because I played mostly this or mostly that. Where you wouldn't really get that. I don't think with the N64 because you would Except be from the rare games, right? Yeah, yeah, you'd just be getting. So everyone's gonna do that anyway. Yeah, and uh, but here's the thing, yeah. So this is going to happen, and then there's not going to have Goldeneye, and everyone's going to be like, Goldeneye, and they're not going to listen to this Boycott episode. Boycott Nintendo! Why, that, uh, why that's uh, going to be very hard to do. Also, it better come with the expansion cart, guys, because I don't want to pay an extra $10 for that. Shut up, Johnny. That was a joke. Even though it was hard to tell, <laughs> yeah, I understood it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a joke. All right. Um, okay, I think we've... We've talked out. So there's a bunch of mini systems. I don't recommend most of them. I would probably buy an N64 one, depending on how they achieve it. I mean, let's get real. I'm going to buy it regardless because it says Nintendo. I'm not so sure on the PlayStation because I don't know what I'm getting out of that system yet. Guys, Wait, Johnny, you're going to wait to see what the product is before you just pre-order it for $100? Yep. What it's, a it's also $100. It's also $100. Like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, you know. can pick up like three NES homebrews for a hundred bucks. <laughs> Steph. I really wish the lid opened on the PS1 just just because I want it to open. But I don't the buttons think, work. Yeah, I don't think that was one of the features well, that they advertised in the, the buttons, trailer. The buttons do something. I don't know that they really work. Oh. Like yeah. That that's our thoughts on those. No, Johnny, uh, Johnny, I have final thoughts. Oh god! Well, you. Made I, it always, like I, you I always have to wait for you to say that's it, and then I could I could chime in my things I didn't get to say. Okay, go for it. So the NES Classic it has a sound emulation problem where the sound effects sometimes play like well after an action has been performed, and I just want to say if that was an at games console, people would have torn it to absolute shreds over the sound the uh, sound effect lag. But because it's a Nintendo console, everyone's just like. Oh, it has a great game. Oh, they 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 tried their best, and no one really brings it up. And it, I don't understand why Nintendo gets a free pass. I think that's market. That's what I was saying. I think there's a whole market of people who bought the NES Classic that never saw an at games product. They, they didn't care. It's just a whole wide group of people who don't even know that this is a thing that happened. Also, when you played like NES and Super Nintendo. Back in the day, like you had lots of weird issues, like your TV would do weird things, and like you were used to some sort of some level of imperfection going on most of the time. So you they weren't as sticklers about it. So if those are the people playing, those memories are still there. So that stuff happens. You're just like, oh, I guess that happened. Weird. Okay, whatever. Bugs didn't get fixed in games. They were just there forever. You know that that was the era. It's not just like a one-time thing. I'm saying like every time Mega Man shoots the Buster, the sound effect will appear like a quarter of a second after he shot it, rather than right when he shoots it. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think people that's at game shit. No. Nintendo fixed that. Maybe they did fix it. I don't actually know. Maybe they did in the new. Yeah, games, I don't but know. I'm just saying. I don't. I don't think. What I'm saying is, I don't think the people who are playing these are as discerning because they they aren't like hardcore gamers. I understand. I'm just saying that the keyboard warriors out there they need to get on top of that and not uh, let don't, Nintendo don't ad- release products. Don't advocate. That 100%. We don't. We don't. We could do with less outrage. Okay, across everywhere. Let's move on to the second half of the show, Tyler and Stefan, and let's talk about what we've bought and what we are playing. Uh, Stefan, what what have you bought? What are you playing? Uh, I've been on this pin kick recently. I've bought a lot of bought a lot of pins, or like again, I would like to say that I weirdest... started buying some. I started buying some pins, <laughs> and now Stefan's all into yeah, pins. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, these are actually more like bu- I guess they're more like buttons because they're like the the like ask me about like. Uh, lenticular buttons for the various uh, SNES, mostly SNES games, but uh, you know, like the store employee buttons, rather than like promo buttons, which is or promo pins, which is what Johnny is talking about. That I did kind of follow his lead on collecting. That's fine. Um, but uh, so yeah, I'll uh, I'll stick those up on Instagram over the next few days. There's some kind of cool stuff. Um, as as far as playing, I've I've just been playing a lot of Spider Man. That's pretty much it. Does Spider-Man make you feel like Spider-Man? Spider-Man makes me feel like I'm playing a hybrid of Assassin's Creed and uh, the Arkham games. God, that sounds like a bad version of the Arkham games. No. The Arkham games were the, great. And, well, and the story in Spider-Man is also... like I, I feel like this is like... A, it's, it's nothing you haven't played before if you've played any of those like sandbox third-person games. But... Um, the uh it's definitely like a, a a fine revision of that of that genre so you know and and the, and the story is really awesome so yay and it's exclusive right that's something that never happens anymore in, until the greatest hits edition comes out in like a year they're like the xbox will be like and now finally on xbox one x and then i'll be like all the all the downloadable content that came out doesn't sony own spider-man in some form though they stole the font for the PlayStation yeah, 3. They, they do own it, so maybe we'll never see it. Great. Yeah, cool. What what have you bought, Tyler, and what are you playing? I got some NES games. I bought Euphoria, uh, Moon Ranger. Oh, you bought Euphoria, huh? I did. Carter box. What do you think? What, the, what does that cost? $300 in box? I bought a cartridge, because I just want to have the damn cartridge, Johnny. Why? You could have just bought it from the virtual store. Could I have? Really? That's on yeah. the Virtual Castle? Yeah. You should have bought Banana Prince. I want Banana Prince. What is that? That's also like $100, though. I don't know. I'm getting, I'm getting around to it. I'll look at Portland for it. It's on my list. Uh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, go on. Go on. So you bought Euphoria and what else? Uh, Moon Ranger. That's another pretty expensive one. I'm getting down to the point where I can't really buy new NES games besides like the Panesians and stadium events and um, i'm like hammering out i'm down to like the last six or so unlicensed games so these are just some of your side games when you like i want to buy a nintendo game right now yeah so. like i still want to buy nes games but i, I also don't want to be like oh, i'm not gonna spend a thousand dollars on hot slots right now so i go and find the the couple i still need i like how you're like oh yeah it's on my portland list and i've seen your portland list and there's like twenty thousand dollars in games on that list yeah well, it's just, you know, everything I don't have that I might want one day. And, oh, I got Mega Man 2 from I Am 8-Bit, Johnny. A Did it real come? collectible. Did it arrive? 
it arrived. Oh and, shit. Uh, Put that I on Instagram. It and I saw that I had the shitty blue cart and not the good blue cart and I was just heartbroken. What do you mean the sh- what do you mean the shitty blue cart? I thought so I thought it was a gray and a blue cart, but it's actually a blue cart and then there's a glow in the dark blue cart. So I got the shitty blue cart that does not glow in the dark. Oh man. Because uh, you know how, man, I know people love to hear how enthusiastic I am about glow-in-the-dark cards, which live in a box that you're never going to display. So stupid. It also has a gatefold box that you're never going to open, which doesn't make any sense, because the whole point of gatefold boxes, I thought, was when you're in Best Buy browsing like the PC games, you could open it up and get a whole lot more information about the game. But this was shrink-wrapped, so I, I don't get it. Oh, man, it's <laughs> like they made a bunch of bad choices, and they don't understand who the market... It had a it has a literal price tag on it, like one that you would see in a Goodwill store that says like LTD eighty five hundred on it. So oh it, man, it's like they so, copied the press kit for Mega Man Eight. Oh wait, that was a thing. Yeah, Mega Man. They 8. did that. Yeah, the press kit for Mega Man Eight. Well, I, sorry, let me. Or, go no, I'm back sorry, in not time Ma- twenty not, years. Not, no, no, not Mega Man Eight. Mega Man Nine. Sorry, Mega Man Nine. The press kit that came out for that, which you could buy from the Capcom store, had like a clearance sticker on it, um, and it was oh. shrink wrapped. And the a CD came in there in a Nintendo in a in a NES cart oh, shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, ma- maybe this was a reference to that that I totally missed, Johnny. What what or, a great product! It's it's making me learn things. Or maybe they were like that. That one did pretty well. People like that and sold out of the Capcom store. Let's do that. Maybe it was Panic. And not inspiration. Hold, Johnny, I can actually provide value here. Let me go pick it up. I'm going to tell you what I think about the quality of this. Okay. let's. Uh, we're going to have this brief interlude, and Tyler is going to tell us about the Mega Man 2 IM 8-bit. All right. Yeah. All right. So the, the label is like way too shiny in a way that you would expect from a reproduction cartridge. Oh, because it's a reproduction cartridge. Because it's a on. reproduction cartridge. And... Manufactured for use on North American NES consoles, but it's a phys- it's it's officially licensed. I don't understand. Uh, hey, is there any fire warnings on that one? There's not actually. The thing on the back, it it's made to imitate the Nintendo one that says "Don't rapidly turn it on and off, clean it regularly." It's actually that one's not. It's it's not warning me to not start fires. I like how it's not selling as well as the one that did tell you that it would light your shit on fire. <laughs> Well, maybe it is. We don't know. The print runs so much bigger. Uh, also, uh, I think it looks super ugly, so I'm happy I can just keep it in the box forever. Did it sell that well? Because who knows? Who knows, like, out of those, like, what volume of scalpers and how many are still on eBay? Yeah, that's fair. I'd love to, like, scrape that information from eBay somehow and see how many actually were sitting there. What do you, you uh, mean, sell well to actual people who wanted it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, well... It sold, so Capcom doesn't care about that one. They sold out. Yeah. They just... All right, whatever. Well, that's Mega Man 2, and uh, I've been playing something related to our topic, Johnny, and that is uh, Crash Bandicoot, which is... Uh, it's the it's in- clearly not where the genre went, is what I will say about Crash Bandicoot. No? Which what, which are you... The Insane Trilogy, or what do you... Which one? Uh, you no, I just played the PS1 game. Oh. Okay. Uh, so 3D platformers that only have D-pad support and weirdly tunnel-based levels where the depth perception is just a little crazy sometimes. So there's this one level where you're running straight forward and there's barrels that are like bouncing. You kind of have to like duck under them. 
you have crash taking up part of the screen so it's basically impossible to see where these barrels are bouncing so you just have to die enough times to learn the exact squares that they're bouncing on there's a lot of dumb stuff like that in crash bandicoot you can go back to something like uh tomb raider and you could trace it all the way up to uncharted 4 you're like this is where we started this is where we are now but you go back to something like crash bandicoot and it's like oh this never really turned into anything huh so that's kind of interesting. That wasn't, or you could take Tomb Raider and trace it all the way to Tomb Raider. That you know, even that <laughs> we live in the land of sequels. Uh, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Path of Exile is is still it's it's actually ruining my life. Like my my work life, my my social life. I actually have a hand injury. Um, I was un- I was supposed to be at a pinball tournament today, but I was playing so much Path of Exile, like fifty hours a week, that. Uh, I've got like this inflamed part in my hand that it hurts to do pretty much anything with. And that's where we uh, are in our lives right now. We're so at the point play where Path of Exile, guys. We're at the point no. where we hurt ourselves playing video games, so that's good. Yep. Yeah. Uh that what a great place to be. Uh okay. What did I buy? I bought a Valus 2 box for the Turbo Graphics system. And that was pretty much what I bought. Yay. I suddenly don't feel so bad about my pins. Why? Cuz you just bought cardboard. Well, that cardboard helps me complete a TurboGrafx CD set in box, which is what I'm trying to do. But anyways, mm-hmm. I'm really happy because I didn't like that the other Valus game had its box and this one did not. So uh, the OCD part of my brain has been put to rest. I also bought Tomb Raider, I think, maybe since our last episode. And I beat the new Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and I enjoyed well, it. Stefan bought that on the, the game draft. He bought that on PlayStation. It was like $8. Yeah, and didn't even show a picture of it. Yeah, that's that's true. Although you guys also didn't show some games, so meh. Sometimes there's not room in a picture for everything, but I showed everything. So, whatever. There's definitely room for you. You didn't have a lot of games, Johnny. I mean, come on. I know. And, uh, like, do we want to get into the game draft? Because, uh, I mean, I wasn't going to rub it in, but I won. Um, I wasn't even going to bring it up. I thought you announced Tyler, like, internally. Did you recount? And- I... No, Tyler I did not. Wins. I did not announce Tyler. Thanks for Are you coming, kidding? guys. Episode one hundred. That was Tyler. Tyler, the other that guy. Tyler wins. In fact, uh, the only thing that was accurate is when that guy said, "You win hands down, not close." And I said, "Not close." Are the words I agree with, and that's how the voting turned out. Not close for me. Aw. Aw. Nintendo Twizer, in game collector man that people know Nintendo Twizer. Is that how you pronounce his Twiz- name? He voted no, for Twizzer. me. I gotta say that. Twizer. God. Twizer. Damn it. Nintendo Twizer. Yeah. Oh my Thanks. God. So embarrassing. It's Thanks, even, dude. we even have an episode where he's on and he pronounces it. Go back and listen. I know you heard that. Well, I wasn't there. <laughs> but you've heard it. You listened before. Anyways. I'll just um, cut it out. I'll pretend that I pronounced it right uh, the whole time. Okay. Uh, you probably won't do that. You're, that, you're not a fan. You're that. 100% correct. All this is staying <laughs> in. Except for that one part with the barking dog. Now well, now I've referenced it, so now you got to decide. Do no, you I'm, leave the barking dog in? No. And barking dog's cut getting this? cut out. No, you cut it out, and then you that move it You move it to here, where you reference it. Woof, woof. And, oh, man. Uh, oh, God Okay, but before Sorry. we go, I got we can uh, cut this a out. message. Sorry. A private message from a guy named Steve Gov, and he wanted to know if we could give them a shout out about his uh, small private group on Facebook called Retro Video Game of the Month Club. They're at about 165 members, and they pick a, a random game each month, and they go out and play it. Their game of the month uh, for October is Rocket Knight, and we were talking about Rocket Knight and how we like Rocket Knight and think that's good and Super Sparkster. So uh, he asked if we could 
kind of give that a shout out. He offered us some sort of compensation or something. And from a nonprofit group. And I was like, no way. I'm not taking money for that. Uh, if you are into like video game of the month clubs, I just recommend that you go find uh, this group. And that's retro video game of the month club and message them or message Steve Gov on Instagram. That's S T E V E G O V and get involved with that. So no, we don't, we don't try and take money for things like that, but uh, good luck to you guys. And I hope everyone who's in those groups enjoys playing like if you're, I think that's a good idea. I think people should do that. If I had more time, I probably would. Johnny, do it. That's the reason I played Crash Bandicoot is because it was in the Game TZ game of the month. It's great. Play more retro games. If if you have this thing hovering over you, like, oh man, I'm supposed to play this this month. It'll make you play it. It's awesome. Later, we're gonna find out this group is secretly all about cannibalism and that we've endorsed them. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm only endorsing the part about playing retro games if they're involved in nefarious activities. I did not know. Uh, but anyways, my, my point was, one, uh, if you have something cool like that you do, I, I'm happy to kind of throw it at the end of the episode, and no, I'm not trying to take money from people like that. That's not how this show has been formed, and that's not how we keep our audience. So, there you go. Anyways, anything else to add, guys, before we get out of here? Message Johnny for a free shout-out for whatever you're trying to advertise. No, that's not what I said. Amazon if Prime will do- pay for it. I... I if you're doing something cool, if you're doing something for the community, I'm happy to talk about it. If you're just like, I made a thing, and uh, who who knows? That like, let, let's have a, a let's. I'm not trying to sell new products for people yet, yet. <laughs> unless, unless unless you are paying me money, and then you want to talk about a sponsorship deal. People have asked, just so you guys know, and I've said no every single time because I did not like what they were proposing or did not like their things. However, if Audible. Or Amazon Prime wanted to do it. I'm 100% behind both of those things and would sell those in a minute. Just And then so we would be know. one of those people like, no, guys, I actually use Audible, which is why I'm recommending their service. Oh, but see, I would just put snaps on my Instagram of how many hours and books I have listened to. And you can ask Stefan because I'm always like, Stefan, just get Audible, you idiot. You've got a long commute. This is yeah. the thing I tell him. He, he Every time he's in my car, he he uh, makes fun of me for listening to local radio and he also tells local me Local radio? Uh, he listens to local radio, and it's K-Rock, the modern rock station. And all it plays, all it plays is stuff from, like, 1996 to 2004, when that station was actually popular. It's the same catalog. In fact, it's like half the same DJs. It's awful. It's like going into a time warp of a shitty port part of my life where I was still struggling and, like, trying to find my way. That's why I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to make rent this month? And... Uh, the military's hard. Like th- this, I go immediately back there. I'm just like, why? They're like, hey, you guys like Sublime and Nirvana, right? Let's play you some of that. Yeah, all the time. It's good. All right. You know, for a guy who's like super into retro games, you sure give me a lot of shit about retro music. It's not retro music. It's it's not like they're like we're we're a classic rock station. That's not their thing. They're like K rock, modern rock. Like that's that's their thing. That's they're like. That's what they're selling you. They're like, I expect to hear music that I hate from today and being like, God, why can't I just hear Nirvana? And instead, I do get Nirvana, and then I'm very confused why that's on a modern rock station. So Audible is our not sponsored. That actually competes with us because we're also fighting for your audio time. Yeah. Stefan, basically, listen to pod. You're on a podcast. Listen to a podcast in the car. It's as easy as that. Go download Hardcore History. They're like five hours long each. I do listen to podcasts, and that's just not enough for Johnny. No, he could, but he just doesn't like 
Steph, I, I like it when people read a book once in a while. Read a book. That's that's my advice for all of you. That's cool that we play games and they're awesome narrative experiences, especially now in modern gaming. But read a book every once in a while, and it's super easy with something like Audible. <laughs> We're practicing. I like it. So this is reading read more a- and more like an advertisement for Audible. <laughs> uh, read a, read would- Fantastic Beasts and then PM Johnny your thoughts, and he'll tell you why you're wrong. Uh, well, one Fantastic Beasts is not a book in which to read. Is it not? It's only a movie? Uh, they well, I just saw the movie have and then like you got mad book. at me for my opinions about it being wrong. Well, I didn't say that your opinions were wrong. I offered you possible solutions to where these things were going because you said, I don't like this and this. And I said, well, have you considered maybe they're going here and there? I like to speculate on things. That That's some of what I do. If, if you're a Harry Potter nerd and you want to talk to me about nerdy Harry Potter things, I'm happy to go into a deep, dark rabbit hole with you about Harry Potter stuff. All right. My, my wife and I like it. You guys know this. You've seen the posts and uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about it. Any other words now that we've just talked about nonsense for the last four minutes? Hey, we never did talk about the plug and play games. Did you guys want to talk about that? Oh yeah, so uh, so Tekken three on the PlayStation One. That's that's the first digital release of that game. Apparently, everyone clamoring for that Tekken three, right? That makes it worth a hundred bucks. Yeah. Nope. Oh, okay. Nope. No, we can save plug and play. We could. We should do a whole episode. Oh on wait, I thought you were talking about play. the mini consoles. I I, no, 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 I no. went back to the topic. Thought it was a joke. Okay. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like the actual plug and play stuff. But there's also stuff in that that we could lump into an, an episode, like LCD games and weird shit. Like yeah. That. No, I, I we that's actually already on the episode doc. So we'll get to those eventually. Let's uh let's close it out. Oh, I do want to just say. That it's almost Halloween time, guys. So get prepared for that. Let's the, the I'm not sure what the tag will be. It'll probably be Halloween Gaming 2019 if I follow the same or 2018 if I follow the same logic as I did last year. And uh, yeah, the, look for those posts starting in October. I try to do one Halloween themed pick a day. So be sure to jump on that and share because I I love those. This is the earliest that I've ever worked on a Halloween costume. Like, I've been working on it for a couple weeks, and that's, like, that's weird for me. So I'm pretty excited. Get excited for Halloween. And uh, make sure you get some Halloween posts up. Be buying those Halloween games. That's that's the thing I haven't done, is I haven't really bought any extra new Halloween games. But I bought a bunch at the, like, end of October last year that I didn't get to show. So kind of got those hidden away waiting for this year. All right, that's the end of the episode. Uh, Tyler, where can we find you? Uh, default Gen on Instagram. And that's, default uh, Gen. Yeah, it's spelled Stephen? like it's now uh, spelled <laughs> like it sounds. That's uh, default J E N. Stefan, what about you? Where can we find you? Primarily Instagram and YouTube at Archon nineteen eighty one A R C H O N Archon. And I am Johnny underscore Iucci. That's G-O-H-N-N-Y underscore I-U-C-C-I. But you're probably tired of hearing that. Anyways, thanks for listening and get prepared for Halloween. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.